Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Mac Daddy Pete Robertson. What's up, brother? How you doing? I am wonderful. It's a great day today. Oh, you're supposed to say blessed and highly favored. You know, no. I love that. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, because <laughs> as a Christian, we could say that because we're highly favored by God. We are blood-bought, saved, we're we're redeemed, it's we're like, set what, apart what, what was, for his what, glory. What, what, back up. What was that word? Redeemed. Like yeah, we're like, going to talk about redemption today. Okay, good. I want to learn yeah. what that word means. Yeah, and we're going to talk, you know, one of the things we could talk about is like our parents, you know, were they redeemed? And I just, you know, I something that's really close to my heart is my dad just passed away. And I think when this is Aaron is is going to be the the the, the week of his memorial. And um, yeah, you know, redemption, we'll the redemption, I don't know why, but that word popped up with me with my dad. And, and, you know, my dad's life was pretty harsh. I mean, my dad was, uh, he was tough, you know, and um, he's chosen some pretty rough stuff. You know, he's walked in the world a lot, but there was a time when my dad was transformed. He was changed. He was redeemed by the blood of Christ. And, and that was amazing because when you knew, if you knew my dad before Christ and you knew him afterwards, you would think it's a different guy. My dad was like, a guy would beat people up on the streets and throw bricks into babies' homes and destroy and vandalize and fight and cuss and anger and everything else. And then my dad was like, everybody that met him were like, that's not your dad. Your dad is just a, a very kind, gentle guy, and he's funny and, and all of this. But, you know, without the redemption, without the redeeming blood of Christ, that doesn't happen. And, and so I thought, man, this is pretty remarkable. So I think there's a lot of our listeners that probably have, never done a deep dive study into the redemption or ransom that word. And people don't realize that it's everywhere throughout the new Testament. Mm. I mean, it's everywhere. And so what a better way to talk about something than on a podcast? Let's, I mean, let's, <laughs> let's bring to light this word and help people kind of understand it maybe in a little bit better way. Right. And I mean, I'm still working out uh, understanding things and I'm still working through it. But we'll let the Bible speak for itself because there's just so many Bible verses that talk about redemption, ransom, or redeeming. So I don't know. So what about your parents? Was there a redemption story within your family? I know both of them have passed on. Yeah, I don't. And I don't know. My mom grew up in really um, very, very humble beginnings, but I don't like a big redemption story. I don't. It's hard for me to say. I mean, I, they didn't talk. Neither one of them really talked about their childhood a lot. But what I did hear from my mom, I mean, they kind of grew up in a farmhouse. Hmm. And I remember her telling the one story, as you mentioned, that sticks out. I remember she said she, that uh, she had a pet rabbit. Huh. And then one night they were eating dinner and they're like, she was like wondering what the pet rabbit was. And they were eating the pet rabbit. Oh, so wow. That kind of poverty level. Oh, wow. So that's just weird. Why did that just pop into my head? That's I don't know. Really, really I'm strange. I'm really glad you shared that with us. So. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. where did that memory come from? That's pretty cool. Um, no, that's not. Well, I guess, but it was hard for a kid. That was yeah. it was heartbreaking. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I mean that. So there, your there, mom, there wasn't pets. They were ready. I mean that. But was, your mom was a, saved, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So my mom was a saint. In fact, I mean, <laughs> she. I think she's responsible for her our whole family coming to coming to know Jesus for sure. But I mean, so. coming from poverty and coming from you know, a world of lack of excess, if you say, 
you know, Jesus really came for the poor, just not only the poor, but the poor in spirit. So yeah. she was in that position where, you know, the redemption of Jesus came to her life where she realized, hey, I can't do this on my own. I need help. I need to be saved. And, and God saved her. And, and I yeah. think a lot of her past probably stemmed from that. I'm you sure. Know? Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, she was just a great example for, and your dad? for all of us. And my, my dad, um, he grew up in um, a, a middle, probably middle, I would say middle-class family, um, kind of one town over from my mom. That's, I mean, that's how they, they, they met at some point. And was he on a farm too? No, no. Um, his dad was, my grandfather uh, worked a, worked a nine to five job, I think with AT&T hmm. back in the day, like, uh, wow. When they first had, started. Yeah. Yeah. When they, they were just putting the computers and machines. And, oh. I mean, they call them computers. We look at them today and they look like, you know, tractor trailers. Right. Huge, huge, just crazy. Um, yeah. So interesting. But he doesn't but really, my dad, but my dad was ever never, his life to the Lord. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, my brother has, uh, my, my brother, Bill is, is very convinced that he did. And uh, I think my brother, my brother led him to the Lord. So awesome. Um, but, um, most of his life, you know, he wasn't, he was never like anti-God, but, and, and he certainly didn't push us away from it. Mm. So, you know, I would share, you know, my journey with him and, uh, but my dad and I, we disagreed on everything. Mm. So he was a Red Sox fan. I was a Yankees fan. That's funny. You know, I was conservative. You know, I loved it. I grew up in the era of Ronald Reagan, right? Uh -huh. And I was just, I, I loved Ronald Reagan. I loved um, the transformation of our country during and that he time. Liked Dukakis. And it, yeah, I, I think he, I think he's one of the six people that voted for Dukakis <laughs> in 1980, 1984, the biggest landslide in our history. And uh, yeah, my dad was on the wrong side of that, but, and I, you know, I, I, I never seem to vote for the winner uh, you know, of president. So I, you know, go with that. But my dad and I would, we would talk about politics. We would talk about religion. We would talk about sports and we like, the only thing we agreed on was we both liked the Miami Dolphins. Wow. It, it was crazy, but it was always in love. I never, you know, there was no questioning. We were talking about this in the show prep. You know, it's, I wish people could be like that today. Mm. You know, we have different opinions. Yeah. Um, you, you don't have to hate each other. Yeah. And that's what's so great. My dad was my best friend, mm. absolutely my best friend. And we would talk about everything. And it was never, he never thought, oh, he's going to think less of me because mm. of my faith or because of my political views or mm. anything like that. It was just open discussion. He, in fact, he's the one that taught me that you should, you need to speak to people. You need to talk to people that disagree with you wow. for two reasons. He goes, first, it will either show you where you're wrong or it'll strengthen your, your belief in what you believe in. Wow. My dad taught me that. Wow. So, so we would get my brother and I, my brother, Bill and I would always, you know, we'd always be talking to him about faith and, and, uh, it was weird. I think he, he always had a deep down belief in God. Mm -hmm. I just don't, maybe there was just something in his upbringing where it was turned it over to surrender to that yeah. was, was difficult to him. Maybe he had but, a secret faith that but, he didn't share with anybody else. It could else. be. Yeah. And then, but my, again, mm -hmm. my brother, my brother's sure that, that there was a transformation when he was sick before he, before he, wow. before he passed away. Wow. I'm praying that that's the case. And I get to see him again. Yeah. So out of our two parents, my mom is still alive. Um, and talking about redemption, my mom, her story again, she put up with my dad in his early days. And, and that was like brutal. I mean, I remember the first six years of my life, the fights and, 
you know, her trying to say, no, we're going to church and we're doing this or whatever. And it's, it was, uh, it was pretty brutal, but again, it's, it's again, the transformation that happens when, you know, as you were just saying with your dad, if there's, there's, it's evident, there's no doubt at, at, at if the, the redeeming power of God is in the person's life, there's no doubt there's something changed in them. And my mom has just been a testimony of that in my life. And, um, you know, she's, she's really the, the rock, the foundation of my faith. I mean, that's where I, her and my grandma were the two that just instilled in me the love of God. And her lifestyles are just a reflection of that, hmm. you know, not perfect. You know, my, my, talking about getting along, my mom and I sometimes butt heads a lot because of, you know, our opinions or we're both strong-willed or opinionated or whatever, but you know, the bottom line is what we can agree upon is, is the love of Jesus and that he's the one that's saved. So yeah, that's awesome. So that's cool. You know, we haven't really talked about our family, no. our mom and dad's like that too we much, haven't. but now that my dad's passed away and it's just so relevant, it's I thought, man, let's just talk about it, it. You know, I was at a convention last week and they had uh, our keynote speaker was this guy I'd never heard of before. I guess he's pretty popular. Uh, Ed Milet. Yeah, you told you me ever that. hear about? No, it? I haven't. He he was telling speaking of redemption stories. So part of his his uh, keynote speech was talking about his dad mm. and his redemption story. And he tells a story about when he was a kid. Um, his dad would just he drank every day of his life, and he would come home and he wouldn't know if he was drunk or not. And he would send his mom. So as a little kid, like five six years old, he'd send his mom and sisters upstairs so he could kind of feel out the situation. And he's like, you know, wow. if he was drunk. He would try to guide him to the couch and wow. have him sober up. His, he said his whole goal was to keep him from going to the liquor yeah. so he could protect his family. And then he just tells the story of redemption. And uh, he, he didn't say this, but um, maybe it was just because of the crowd. But I got the feeling and the impression that uh, there was a salvation story in there. Yeah, And he clearly shared his faith, but he didn't come right out and say that about his dad. Yeah. But it sounds like that's what he was happened. alluding to it. He alluded to it. Yeah. And then he turned it around and he used that pain. It just reached thousands and thousands of people that he helped alcoholics the rest of his life. And now he's like, you know, his dad's dead now, but he's like, he, he's my hero. He's my wow. absolute hero. So the same guy, he was terrified of wow. beating the tar out of him when he came wow. home and protecting his mom and his sisters turned into his hero because of a redemption wow. story. And that's kind of the testimony with me, with my dad. I mean, I, we're not going to get into the details of what place when I was younger, but man, my dad and I were so close at the end. And uh, man, I looked up to him and valued that relationship that we had. I think so, there's a lot of similarities to that story. Because yeah. Ed said the same thing. He's yeah. like, there's things that happen in that room that I will never talk to anybody yeah. about. But then to turn around at the end of it and say, he's my hero. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just wow. Yeah. So, thank Jesus can change you. And, and again, I guess that the message there too is dads be the hero of your kids. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I mean, that's, I mean, dads are so important and uh, I don't think we give them enough credit and, and dads, I mean, there's too many dads that are bailing out on their yeah. kids. Don't bail out, engage and just be yeah. a part, be present with their lives. Yeah. Raise them. That's so good. I mean, as whole point was be, you know, be the one. Yeah like family trees can be you can change a family tree yeah. you know that abuse or that uh, addiction or that whatever yeah. Yeah. doesn't have to continue wow. you can be the one to stop yeah. it yeah. and it just it was powerful yeah. powerful so i swear there was not a dry four thousand people in there yeah it was not a dry eye in praise the, the lord 
I mean, I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the front row, ugly crying. I mean, it was, it was yeah. bad. I didn't have a tissue or anything. It was, yeah. just, it was just nasty. Did but you I looked your shirt at all. And I, I tried. Yeah. I looked around and I was not the only one. Nobody else could see me because their eyes were full of tears too. So it was, it was just amazing. dark in there too. I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was his name again? Ed Milet. I'll put it in. Ed I'll put it in the comments. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's pray and um, let's say, what does it mean to be redeemed? I think that's the title. So let's just talk Do about it. that. I mean, I think that's, I, I know it's something that people normally probably don't ever die, deep dive. Well, so let's go for it. I'm going to learn right with you, listeners. Right. So this is this is an interesting. Let's pray, Lord. We uh, just love you. We want to give you this show now as we uh, dive into uh, this this topic of being redeemed and what and what that means, Lord. And uh, thank you for the stories of our parents and and. Um, the memories, the fond memories that we have, Lord. I, I And finally, I just want to pray that we would all just step up, especially, man, I'm talking to the men that are listening. Step up and lead your families well. Lord, would you help us do that today? Would you be with this show? Help Pete and I just uh, speak truth and uh, share share with people really who you are. And through, I mean, we're talking about redeemed, Lord, but we just, honestly, all we want to do is point people to you. That's it. So we love you, Lord. We thank you and give you the show in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Everyone is in need of redemption. Yes. From the time we were born until we have given our lives to the Lord, we were in a state of guilt and shame. We are separated from God and need to be redeemed from this world or face the consequences of death in hell for all of eternity. Nobody wants that. No. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See Romans 3.23. And we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's the very next verse, because, because of Christ's redemption. You know, many of us don't um, realize it, but, you know, we're, we're, when we were born, we were born in the world, we were born as a sinner, and we've made choices apart from Christ. We made choices that were in the world system. We made choices that were according to what we felt, what we thought, our opinions, you know, what we, what we studied, what we learned, everything. And we made choices that were contrary to what is the best, what is perfect. And what those choices were doing was leading us down a pathway of ultimate destruction. Um, no matter what people think, one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. That's, that's, it's going to happen. That's the absolute fact. It's absolute truth. Every one of us are going to die. Every one of us are going to have to account for the life that we've lived, right? For the follower of Christ, there is a redemption story. For the follower of Christ, there is a time and a moment and a space or something that took place that opened our eyes to show us and reveal to us that the lifestyle that we were choosing, the lifestyle that we were going was not the very best and, they, and we needed help. We needed to, we needed to be bailed out from, from where we were going. We needed to be bailed out from the hurt or the pain or the shame or the agony or whatever that the life choices we took got us to, right? And that is the redemption story for ourselves. That is the time that we said, okay, I cannot do this, but I know Jesus. And I know that he died and he rose again on the Christ, that had the spilt blood, the, that, that what he did, that the perfect life, everything that he represented, it now gave me 
an, an opportunity to have eternal life. It gave me hope. It gave my hopelessness hope. It gave me purpose. It gave me answers to everything that I've been seeking before Christ. That is the redemption story for your life. That's kind of what we're going to get at. And for my dad, talking about our parents, my dad was, my dad's story is, is crazy. My dad was, a you know, talking about a wild man from Bob Borneo or whatever that word. You remember back in the days to oh, say it? Say that again? I don't know. Wild man from Barb. I don't know. What I'm trying I have to no say. idea. But Al Borneo, um, he was, I mean, he lived in the streets. He was out, you know, he was in seventh, eighth grade. He's working full time in the cotton field. The, he didn't know really right from wrong. He was just, he was wild. He was up and caught into gangs. He was into violence. He was into, you know, drinking alcohol, smoking. I mean, you name it. My dad was in and out of jail. My dad was just wild man. And um, he needed to be tamed. And he realized at one point in his life that I can't keep going this way. Right. And that's where Jesus entered in. And my dad's story was he was completely changed. And it wasn't that he, he, it wasn't that the struggles stopped. He still had the struggles his whole life. He still dealt with pornography. He dealt with some of the hard things that he had as a kid that he was dealing with. But Jesus saved him and transformed him. And the redeeming blood was the, was the deciding factor. My dad, when you met him towards the end of his life, people, there's so many testimonies. When, when he died, so many people came in and says, man, he was such a kind, kind person. He was such an awesome guy to be around. He really impacted my life and, you know, all of these things. But that didn't happen without the redeeming blood of Christ. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't without Jesus changing his life and him knowing Christ, that didn't happen. And so let's talk about redemption. Let's just find out what that word even means. And let's just unpack it a little bit so that our listeners can understand it's a big deal. And uh, we want you to know that it's a big deal. So let's go ahead and unpack this. Yeah, that's a good place to start. The word redeem means to buy out. The term was used specifically in reference to the purchase of a slave's freedom. The application of this term in Christ's death on the cross is quite telling. If we are redeemed, then our prior condition was one of slavery. God has purchased our freedom, and we are no longer in bondage to sin or to the Old Testament law. This metaphorical use of redemption is the teaching of Galatians 4 or 5. Yeah, it says to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So under the law. So the law meant that we had to follow the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder, thou not give false witness, whatever, right? We had to follow that. That's the law. When we were born into the world, we were born in sin. And then now the the only way to give us hope, the only way to save our lives was we had to follow the law. We had to live a perfect life, right? We all know how that went. We all fall short, right? We just read it. We all We all messed up, right? So to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons, Jesus came, he lived the perfect life, he fulfilled perfectly the law on earth in the world's element, he lived it out perfectly, he then had to die, he had to spill his blood, we're going to talk about that a little bit more, and he had to rise again. To do that, what it meant is that through Jesus, through the death, through that resurrection, that he now extends to us 
the opportunity to be one with him and the Father. We're not one with him without the spilled blood. And so what this verse is saying in Galatians 4 is to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons is that we become one as if we're being grafted in. And we're talking about the Jews because in the Jewish that they were the, the religion that brought the law, right? They're the ones that brought the law. So we're being adopted in as if we are from the original religion. So now we are able to be one with God and the Father through the redemption of that makes sense? A little bit. Yeah, I kind of confused it. We're going to, when we get through this a little bit more, we're going to touch It'll on make that more sense. a little bit more. Yeah. All right, listeners. See, I'm learning right along with you today. This is going to be a fun ride. All right. Related to the Christian concept of redemption is the word ransom. Jesus paid the price for our release from sin and its punishment. Matthew 20, 28. Um, and also see 1 Timothy 2, 6. His death was in exchange for our life. In fact, Scripture is quite clear that redemption is only possible through his blood, that is, by his death. Okay, so we're going to kind of build on what we just talked about. So yep. Matthew 20, 20, 28 says this, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay, First Timothy 2, 6 says, Who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Colossians 1.14 says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So again, why is this word big deal? Because without the spilling of God's blood, without his living the perfect life, we cannot become adopted sons. We cannot become entered into his rest. And at the same time, we, are, um, we don't experience the benefits of God and in, in what he was giving. He was you know, remember back in the days um, when we were created from the beginning, God says that he was to have fellowship with man for all eternity. Well, sin separated us from man, from God, right? From our fellowship. Well, in order to have that fellowship again, or to be adopted back in to have communion with God, there had to be the spilling of the blood. That spilling of the blood was the price is, as we learned at the very beginning, it says the word redeem means to buy out. That spilling of the blood was the buyout to be able to claim us as his own, right? Well, who owned us before? Well, sin. Who's the who's the father of sin? Who's the father of the world? Satan. So we were then we were children of Satan. And so before Christ, before the redemption, we were children of Satan. And so we were living our lives to please him. We in 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 to please him was to please ourselves. And so that's how we lived our life. But because of what Jesus did, the spilt blood, he says, now I had his payment because of my perfect life, I fulfilled the law. I've overcome the world. That is now payment that you can now receive as a free gift, that ransom, that payment, so that now you are a child of God. And now I will take care of you again, just like the beginning from the, from, um, the Garden of Eden. I will now be your God. I will now provide for you, protect you, give you purpose, give you reasons in, in, in all the above. So, yeah, you've kind of already led into my next question. I mean, sounds like basically what are the benefits of redemption? Right? And it sounds like you've already started to give us a couple of those. Well, yeah. So the first would be eternal life. I mean, that's the biggest. That's the big one. That's the biggest. So for Revelations uh, 5, 9 through 10 says, and they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God 
from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God so that they shall reign on the earth. So again, after the Garden of Eden and sin and in Revelations 32 or actually in, in Genesis 11, it says that uh, God separated all a man throughout the world. So that was the Tower of Babel experience, though they all went everywhere. In Deuteronomy 32 and 8 and 9, it says that he gave the world over to their inheritance. He he basically says, I'm no longer going to be their God. That's going to be the God of the world. That's going to be Satan. They're going to rule their own way. But I'm going to, in Genesis 12, it says, but I'm going to choose my, for myself Abraham to be a nation. And through that nation, I'm going to bring the Messiah. And the Messiah is going to then once again redeem the world. He's going to take back what was once his. Full circle. But it's not, so it's no longer by the person, it's no longer by their own efforts, it's now by the efforts of Christ, it's by the redeeming blood of Christ, it has nothing, people cannot be saved because of anything they've done, it can only be saved through the blood of Jesus, that's where the ransom comes in, so when he says, who is worthy to take the scroll, that scroll is the title deed of the earth, the world. And to open its seals, uh, for you were slain in your blood, you ransomed. And the only way that, that they were able to, he was able to take that scroll is through the perfect sacrifice. Life is in the blood. Without the spilling of the blood, there's no life. So life is in the blood. If Jesus died and he stayed in the grave, then he was not God. But because he rose, the resurrected power, that means that he was God. And so everything that he did now has significance. And by that spilling of the blood, what this is saying in Revelations 5.19 is that now we have uh, all of the world, not just, not just the Jews any longer, all of the world through Jesus Christ can now have a relationship with him, can now be adopted back in as sons. All of the world now has that. Without the ransom of Christ, without the spilling of the blood, that is not possible. Let me see if I understand this. So Jesus' spilling of the blood had he not rose again, it would have just been like a, a one-time sacrifice. That's it. It was amazing. So yeah, look him up if you've never heard of him before. It would have been no just different like every, the bulls, like everything nope. else that they've been doing yep. for 1500 years. That's it. So because he is God, now that sacrifice is Means good something. forever. It changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. Man, it's almost like you should change the calendar or something. Yeah. That's and, a big deal. And it's like a lot of people read the Bible. They'll read Revelations 5, 9 through 10, but really never meditate on what it's actually saying. So that's the reason why we're even doing this show, because it's a big deal. And so we've, I don't think a lot of us really take time says, what does ransom mean? And, and what is this title <laughs> deed? And, and, you know, all of this redemption stuff it's, but it's a huge word in the Bible. And we've, we don't give a lot of credit to it. We don't, study it. So that's kind of why. So the first one is, so what the benefits of redemption? The first one is obviously eternal life, right? The second one is forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1 says is in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespass, according to the riches of his grace. Listen, many of us have read that in him, we have redemption of, through his blood. We're like, well, okay. Did you really, really think what the redemption cost him? Yeah, we just move on. Did we really just try to picture that or understand that in the total totality? But the forgiveness of our trespass, so all of our sins are now forgiven because of this, and according to the riches of grace. And, and, and that talking about is, is the grace that God gives us. So because we are adopted heirs and sons, because of the redemption, because of the spilled blood, we now are given the tools necessary to live the life on earth 
holy as Christ lived. And he gives us the grace. So not only is he given us this, this salvation, but he's forgiving us of our sins and given us the tools to live holy so that we no longer have to sin. But without that ransom, without that redemption, we can't do that. We go to hell for all eternity. Hmm. But because of what Jesus did, he saved us from the grips of the world. And he says, I forgive your sins and I give you the grace and I give you the tools to live holy and pleasing. I will empower you. And that's what he was talking about when he says, I ascend into heaven. I breathe on the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter. I give you the Holy Spirit so that you can live a life that's holy and pleasing for my glory and that you no longer have to do it on your own. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You are mine. And because of my spilt blood, you have access to that. So the first is eternal life. The second is forgiveness of sins. And the next one, there's actually many of them. The next one is, is we, regain, uh, we gain his righteousness. Romans 5.17, for if because of one man's trespass, sin, death reigned through that one man, Adam, much more will the, those who receive the abundance of grace, those tools, those gifts, and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So we are now made righteous because of Christ. So as Jesus lived the perfect and holy life, the father now looks at Jesus and sees us through Jesus as righteous. Hmm. Peter says that we are a holy nation, a holy priest. We're perfect saint. We're royal. Yeah. Make sure, I want to make sure we, everybody kind of grasps that because... God, the Father, sees us. As he's looking at us, he sees Christ. The righteousness of Christ is how what cool, he sees. How cool is that? He doesn't see what we were. He doesn't see that those, with the song, the filthy rags, right? He sees, he sees his son, Jesus, the perfect sacrifice. If he did not purchase us, he did not buy us out with the spilled no, blood. But, and why is that important? Because God can't fellowship with sin. Nope. They, they can't. It's like, nope. it's like oil and water, right? They can't be, <laughs> they can't be together. So that's why that's important. Without that sacrifice, there's no relationship with the Father. This this word is huge. Hmm. And so we're, we're dissecting the, one of the biggest words in the Bible that most people don't even talk about. All right, so what's the next one? So the righteousness of God. The next one is, is we get freedom from the law's curse. So Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed, that word, us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who's hanged on a tree. So the Bible, the prophesied Jesus' death, that he was going to die, and they were saying that is a curse. So he took on all of our sins. He took on every aspect of that. And he says, I will become that. I will, be, I will sacrifice for your freedom so that you no longer have to live by the bondages. And you can now live in the freedom of Christ. You can now live knowing that your sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow are completely gone. You now have freedom from the law. You know, the world teaches, tries to teach us that um, faith, well, they'll use the word religion, and you know how we feel about religion. But anytime the topic of religion or faith comes up, they try to, they try to sell this lie that that's bonded, when it's absolutely the opposite. Opposite. The, a relationship with a holy God is the only place there's freedom. We're lied to constantly. I hear people, I got a lot of friends, and I'm not trying to pick on the Catholic Church, but I got a lot of friends that, that are Catholic or grew up Catholic, and all they, it's just guilt, guilt, and they just, they don't want any part of it because it was all about guilt and shame. When 
a real relationship with God is the absolute opposite. It's complete freedom. And there is I, no we, condemnation. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, right? Amen. He came to bring set freedom to the world. He came to say, listen, in me, all things work together for good. In me, everything has purpose. In me, you have the fulfillment of everything that you that I desire for you to bless you with. And so it's it's changed. There's freedom in that. And we've done shows on this and we can, this is a whole nother show that we would have to do. But the next one is, as we've already talked about, is the adoption of God's family. So Galatians 4, 5, again, to redeem those who are under the law that they might receive adoption of the sons. We don't understand how big that is. Abba. Yeah, it's a huge deal that we now can have access directly into the throne room of God. It's through Jesus that we could do that. We never had access to the Holy of Holies. You know, the Israelites at the one point had the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest, the great high priest could go through. Yeah, one guy, one time a year. The Hebrews says that Jesus became our great high priest. And so now through Jesus, we now have access into the Holy of Holies. We now come into the throne room of the Father. Mm. We have a relationship with the Father. And we know through John 17, the nature of the father. We know what the nature of the father is. It's good. It's, it's, it's wonderful. He's here to, to bring light to us, to bring the bread of light to us. He's to, here to bring everything that we need here on earth. The father is the one that grants that. It's through, and then he gives us the grace to be able to comprehend it and to be able to live it out. Without all of that, we don't, without the ransom and the blood of Christ, we don't have any of that. No. But now we have it. So the next one is, is we get deliverance from uh, sin's bondage. Titus 2.14 and 1 Peter 1.14.18 says this, Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify himself at the, to people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. 1 Peter 1.14-18 says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But be conformed to the passions. But as uh, be conformed to the passions of the former man. Sorry, but I don't know what that word says. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, "You shall be holy, for I am holy." And if you call on his him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile knowing that you were ransomed for the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold. So again, he's, he's talking about the ransom. We're ransomed from slavery. We're ransomed from the sin bondage. You know, how many times that we've, um, we've, well, I mean, many of us is, oh, I'm, I'm in this cycle. I can't stop sinning. I can't stop this addiction. I can't stop this. Well, in Jesus, you can. You can be set free from that. And so what he's telling us is that we can be delivered where here's what happens in the world, okay? The world is, I am, let's just say I'm addicted to porn. The world says, okay, there's a 12-step program that you can go to confess it. You have to have a higher power. You have to have all these things or alcohol, whatever it is, and that you can be set free from that problem. Okay, granted, you might be set free from that one addiction, Okay. But I promise you there's going to be another addiction. There's going to be something else that's filling in the void or the gap that's there. You're, you're leaning on another crutch. You're leaning on something. But what Jesus did is he is the propitiation. In Jesus, he says, I will transform your lives. I will conform you. I will make you like me. I will change the patterns of the habit, and I will give you new life. I will create in you a new creation. Old things will be passed away. And behold, in me, all things will be made new. 
that's what it's talking about. We get deliverance from bondage of sin. Now, sometimes it doesn't happen all at, all at once. Sometimes we battle certain habits or certain addictions for a long time. But if we are pressing into Jesus and we are allowing him to transform us, over time, we, bec- we start sinning less and less and less, and we start taking on more the characteristics of Christ and the nature of God. That's what the ransom of the blood of Jesus does. Without that, we do not have that opportunity. We have to live by the world's standards. We have to go through the 12 steps, and, and you're, you're basically hopeless because you go from one to the other to the other, and there's really never any hope. You're never really ever set free. You're always in bondage. I don't know. Thoughts? Yeah. Uh, you know, as, you, as your relationship grows with Jesus, um, you, the taste of sin diminishes. I mean, we're still going to fail. And we're, we're, we live in a broken world. We're all going to fail. We're all going to stumble. But what I've noticed as, is the, the, the closer my relationship is with God, the less appealing sin is. And even, and it's not, again, there's no condemnation, but when you fail, you're like, yeah, that's, that, I don't want to be there. Yeah. You know, it starts, it gets to the point, well, that, it just, it's the right word, it, not disgusting, but it's just like, like, you see the cost. Yeah. I guess maybe that's the best way to put it. Yeah. You're like, Jesus died for, for this. Yeah. They, Jesus covered this. And uh, you, you know what I remember? I, I experienced most, and my wife and I talk about this. I've, you know, we've all lived a sinful life. We've all done stupid things. What I see now because of Jesus and the redemption, is I see the consequences of the sin ahead of time. Yeah. And so I, I look at it and I say, well, if I choose this, this is what it's going to cost me. This is the pain I'm going to go through again. That's right. And, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to have that lifestyle anymore. I don't want to go that path anymore. And, and I know because he set me free from it, I now can, I don't have to have that choice. I have a better choice. And the choice is in Jesus to become like him and to live for him and to bring glory to God for him. And that life is so much more fulfilling. It's so much more complete. And I have eternal joy. That's the greatest thing of his ransom. That's so good. I think it's something we forget a lot. We, we love that verse. You know, there is no condemnation in, in Christ. He doesn't say there is no consequences no. in sin. Yeah. And I think we, we like look at those two. Oh, well, there's no, that's so, couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah. He's still going to love you. Yeah. He, God's not going to see it. He's going to see Jesus, yeah. but there's still consequences. Yeah. There's always consequences. And, and that's why knowing him intimately and having that relationship with him, we're able to see those consequences a lot more clear yeah. than when we're living in the world because we're blind to so those good. consequences. So good. So, all right. The next one is we get peace with God, Colossians 1, 18 through 20. Um, so the, one of the redemption benefits is the peace. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Again, he rose from the grave that in everything he might be pre- preeminent for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So again, we now have eternal peace. We have peace. We do not have to fear the sting of death. We do not have to fear consequences of any on this earth. Because of Christ's blood, we now have peace, knowing that all things are going to work together for good for for those who are called according to purpose. We have peace, knowing that he will take care of us, that he will provide for us, that he will fulfill his purposes in and through us. It's like we're immortal. We no, are immortal at that don't time. Don't belong to this world. We are no longer, as Jesus said in so John good. 17, "I'm not. They're not of the world. So good. We're in it, but not of it." 
All right. So the next one is eighth was we get in dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the best part. First, first Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own for you were bought, redeemed, ransomed with a price so that glory, so that so glorify God in your body. So there it is. We now have the Holy Spirit. Uh, a non-believer does not have the Holy Spirit living. So you were talking about the temple earlier. We become the temple, right? That's it. So that's the difference in the New Testament. That's it. We now, you know, Jesus said that we, uh, what is it, in John 15 or whatever, that we are able to do greater things than he because of the Holy Spirit, right? We have power and authority and dominion over darkness. In the name of Jesus, in the ransom blood of Jesus, we now have victory. Jesus says, fear not, for I have overcome the world. Well, we can overcome the world by the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. It's no longer by my might nor by my power, but by the Spirit. We now have victory, victory over everything the world has against us because of the ransom blood of Jesus Christ. We now have it. Amen. But we don't have that without it. So is this word a big deal? <laughs> it's kind so. of a big deal. And how many verses have we just read that have this word in it? Oh, many. It's so many. And how many times as a Christian have we just passed them over and not really put thought to it? Almost every time. All the time. Yep. All right. All right. So to, to be redeemed then is to be forgiven, to be holy, to be justified, to be free, adopted, and reconciled. That's it. That's what we just covered. Amen. Psalms 137 through 8 says, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord, there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all its iniquity. So not only does he redeem Israel, but he redeemed the whole world, as we just read. Luke 2.38 says, and coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. In Acts 20.28, 20, pay careful attention to yourself and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. That was only happened through the redemption of Christ. That payment, God paid, that ransom, he paid for you. If you were a follower of Christ, he did that so that you can now have freedom and be redeemed, forgiven, holy, justified, free, adopted, and reconciled. Amen. Yep. All right, the streets of heaven will be filled with former captives who through no merit of their own, find themselves redeemed, forgiven, and free. Slaves to sin have become saints. No wonder we will sing a new song, a song of praise to the Redeemer who was slain. Revelation 5.9, we were slaves to sin, condemned to eternal separation from God. Jesus paid the price to redeem us, resulting in our freedom from slavery to sin and our rescue from the eternal consequences of that sin. Oh my God, amen to that. In, in every one of us, if you're a child of God, you have a redemption. And we would love to hear about it. We would love for you to share with us how God redeemed you. But <clears throat> this, is, this is a big deal. And I pray that the next time that we read these verses, that we kind of meditate on what it's actually saying and understand what it cost God, one, um, that he had to go through that eternal punishment. He had to take on the, the curse of the world, the sins of the world. Just imagine what he was going through. Just imagine uh, he did that because he loved us. He, he paid the price, the ultimate price, because he loved us. And it's hard for us to comprehend it. We're kind of yes. dumb to it. But this word is a big deal. And we are now sons, of, sons and daughters of the Most High. And we now have access. We now have freedom. We now have peace. 
We now have the righteousness of God. We now have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We now have everything that we need to live righteous and holy on this earth. We don't live no longer by our own strength or our own power, but by the blood of Jesus Christ, we live. And, and so if there's any of you out there that's listening and you have not given your life to the Lord and this, this podcast administered to you, you can give your life to the Lord right now. You could just humble your heart and say, God, forgive me of my sins. I repent of doing things my way. I no longer want to live by the world system. Lord, I want to... I want to live by the blood of Christ. I want to live and believe that you died on the cross, the holy, perfect life, so that I can have eternal life. I want to believe that you rose from the grave and that resurrection power you are willing to give me today. And I want to live that life. I want to live the life of freedom. I want to live the life of peace. I want to live the life that 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 is uh, reconciled unto you. And so... If that's you, just pray that in your heart. Confess your sins. Humble yourself. And then, and then do the next steps. Go share the truth with somebody else. Go tell someone that you gave your life to the Lord. Go to church. Tell somebody. Get involved. Confess your, um, yourself to others. And, and um, we would love to hear about you, um, that you've given your life. Yeah. So, Bob, how can they do that? Yeah. I, first of all, I would just recommend going to our website, theriotpodcast.com. And uh, we, there's a tab there that says "No God." Click on that. Tons of information for you, and uh, you can also reach out to us or contact us there, and uh, send us an email. But you can also go after you do that. Go to our social media sites. You go to Facebook. Go to Twitter. You can reach us there again. It's just theriotpodcast.com or the Riot Podcast at, at those individual social media sites. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. So. Uh, I know many of you uh, listen to the podcast as I do when I'm out driving or walking, but uh, sometimes I like watching them when I'm sitting at the computer in the office. And uh, if that's you uh, or you haven't had the opportunity to do that, check us out on YouTube, uh, hit the subscribe button, click the little bell. So you're notified every time there's a new episode and uh, we would appreciate that. It helps us get the word out to more people. So uh, we'd really appreciate it if you do that. What, Pete, you were right redeemed you're right i gotta say it out loud you're right this was a powerful show yeah. it's a really really important word that we too often just yeah. read over and just don't really put any thought into uh man how deep the meaning is here mm. and how how significant how important it is so i honestly i pray that we would all do that all the time when we're reading god's word that we wouldn't skim it you know it's it's more important honestly it's more important to dive in and really hear what god's saying in one verse than it is to say, oh, I, I finished a whole book yeah, today yeah. and didn't get anything out of it. Yeah. So, man, God wants to speak to you, but we've got to slow down and listen. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about this show is is we we're, we take on subjects like this. You know, it's like, you know, I guess we, if we are a pastor, we could say, hey, we're going to do a, you know, a series on on the redemption of Christ. Yeah. I mean, we could do that. But I just love that is, is we're always looking for, hey, you know, what is something that we don't talk about a lot? Well, this is definitely something that we don't realize there's so many, there's a plethora of verses in the Bible that's talking about the redemption, going back to the Old Testament all the way to the New. And um, it is an important word that we really need to comprehend. So I pray that our listeners understood or kind of comprehend a little bit of what we were talking about. I know we might have confused a little bit on things, but I think in context overall, I think we we were able to share the great picture of this word, redemption or ransom. Um, and I hope so. Yeah. And if we did confuse you, just 
comment. Let yeah. us know. And yeah. we'll, we'll do our best to clear it yeah, up. Absolutely. All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. God bless you guys as you walk in journey with and uh, your journey with the Lord this week. Amen. Amen. Have an amazing week, guys. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.